This is Ethan, and I'm here with Dave, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 90-inch. On this week's episode, we are joined by comedian and epic rap battles of history writer, Zach Sherwin. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. It's a podcast about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch you don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Hey, Ethan, welcome to episode 90 inch. I can't believe it. I don't want to say this every single week, but every week it blows my mind that we've made it to yet another episode and that we're already at 90 inches. And we're having a lot of fun getting to those 90 inches. Yeah, it only feels like 75 inches. <laughs> <laughs> Well, we got a lot of fun this week, but before we get to that, let's chat a little bit about last week. We had the keyboardist, producer, engineer, mixer, Pat Regan on the show. Yeah, it was so great to talk to somebody from early on in Weird Al history. He was on three of Weird Al's albums, and he toured with Weird Al for two separate tours. <laughs> and he told us all about getting hammered and judging a, <laughs> a Playboy centerfold contest the night before performing at Red Rocks. So <laughs> if only for that, be sure to check out last week's episode, 89 Inch. So Pat's former bandmate, John Bermuda Schwartz, he gave us some real props for tracking down Pat. Even Bermuda didn't have Pat's contact information. (laughs) (laughs) Now, of course, all credit for any of our guests really goes to our intern, Frank. You know, that Frank, he really does a lot for this podcast. You're right. Frank, I'd love to hear how you are able to track down such amazing guests like Pat Regan. Yeah, Frank, come on, tell us. Now's your chance. Oh, sorry, Frank. That story's going to have to wait. Looks like we've got a message on the 347 Spatula Hotline. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and podcast supporters. Hey, this is Adriana Yugovich, and this message is for Ethan. Ethan, I wanted to say thank you so much for hosting the super special surprise UH Jeff 45th birthday Zoom yesterday. It was pure joy, full of surprises. We got Bermuda, we got Al and Suzanne, we got 45 different Al fans, past, present, and future, from our early days of the IRC in the 90s to Alcon to Festival to the New York Times photo shoot last year to Dave and Ethan's podcast. Dave, glad you and Jackie made it too. Anyway, just wanted to send big love, big thanks, gratitude. I am so happy to be a part of this amazing, weird community. Mwah! Mwah! Thanks for the call, Adriana. That surprise party for UH Jeff was so much fun. I was just so excited to actually get an invite. (laughs) It was so great catching up with so many Weird Al fans from my past and the present. And of course, All the surprise guests were fun, too. Ethan, Adriana mentioned that you were involved in hosting the Zoom call. How did that come together? Oh, man. Yeah, Dave, it really was a total blast. I had so much fun doing it. So Adriana Yugovich and Scott Sorensen, they came up with the idea to do a surprise party for Jeff at his house. 
and have this extra element of he logs on Zoom and then there's another surprise party with all the people who couldn't actually be there in person. So since they were going to be physically at his house and I live on the other side of the continent, I offered to help with the Zoom call and I helped to orchestrate the cover story to get Jeff on the Zoom call. Oh, so you were behind the cover story. What was that cover story that you told Jeff? <laughs> so I told Jeff that you and I wanted to have him on the podcast to talk about the New York Times photo shoot. And, you know, I had all these contingencies and, you know, Kenneth was supposed to text him and say one thing and then Adriana would say something else and like all this stuff to try and make it work. And we didn't even have to pull out any of these crazy things because after I invited him on the podcast, he's like, great, how about Sunday? And it just kind of worked perfectly <laughs> because that's when we wanted to do the Zoom party. <laughs> I know that everybody on that call was really surprised when Weird Al himself showed up on the call. Did you know he was going to be there? I knew there was a possibility he may show up because I sort of had to know who was on the guest list and who to expect because I was running the Zoom call. I had to let people in from the waiting room. Oh, so you knew that like Bermuda and Beefalo and JW would be there though, right? Yes. Well, actually, so Bermuda wasn't sure how much I actually knew. So before the call, he messaged me and was like, hey, Ethan, just wanted to let you know that, you know, I gave Al the invite. So don't freak out if he shows up in the call. <laughs> Oh, no, no chance of that happening. <laughs> I was perfectly calm the entire time. <laughs> well, what a fun surprise for Jeff and his friends and family. And from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2008 Weird Al podcast, happy birthday, UH Jeff. And speaking of birthdays, another exciting birthday is coming up next week on January 26th. It is the great Steve J's birthday. Steve is such an amazing guy and an incredible musician. In fact, Steve performed at the Hollywood Star Ceremony VIP after party in the Viper Room with his band. And not to mention, he's been a part of Weird Al's band ever since 1982, doing stuff like playing bass guitar and orchestrating music like on Jackson Park Express. From all of us at Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, happy birthday, Steve. Steve J, what a guy. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota uh, beautiful, it's also bovine. Darwin, Minnesota is home to Paulson Cattle and Paulson Embryo Center. Paulson Cattle prides itself on making high-quality females and industry-leading bulls. Contact them for custom donor housing, embryo implant and raising, and foreign expert capability is also available. Of course, cattle, or cows, appear in such comedy classics as I Am Cow by The Arrogant Worms, Cows with Guns by Dana Lyons, and The Endearing Crazy Cow Therapist by Bobo McNipples. By heading to paulsandcattle.com, you can inform yourself about Mr. Hammer, Gerard Montezuma, Mr. Rhinestone Cowboy, Thomas Miss Impressive, and Wagger Playmate. Ah, Wagger Playmate, the winner of the July 6th, 1987 Playmate Contest that Pat Regan and Weird Al judged before the Red Rocks Amphitheater concert the next day. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin, more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. 
If you have not been to our social media pages recently, you want to head on over there because we just posted a picture of our 27th Patreon supporter wearing her brand new official Dave Nathan's 2000 Weird Al podcast t-shirt. Yes, we made an exclusive special shirt just for her and it is, I don't know how else to say, pretty stinking majestic and i'm totally jealous and i wish i had one of those (laughs) (laughs) well you should have contributed when you had the chance Ah, you're right you're right (laughs) (laughs) if you want to get in on all the fun you can head on over to our patreon page at patreon.com slash 2000 inch yes and look forward to some new physical and audio rewards coming soon We recently made some changes to some of the tiers, so if you have not been to patreon.com slash 2000inch recently, head on over and check those out. Now, Dave, do you remember our friend Mike Minnick, who I believe we've talked about or played things from him on the podcast like every week for the past six months? (laughs) (laughs) Well, in an interesting development, (laughs) our friend and podcast supporter Mike Minnick texted us that he has been banned from Facebook for 24 hours. Holy cow, that's some serious stuff. What happened? Well, believe it or not, Mike was banned for writing, get this, Canadian idiot in a comment, which Facebook considered to be hate speech. Wow, it's a really good thing he did not call someone a frostbitten hosehead. (laughs) I had no idea that referencing Weird Al songs was considered hate speech. Ah, well, maybe it's still Billy Joel to me. So please be careful out there if you are posting about Weird Al on social media. You never know who's reading your posts and might take offense. You know, Mike, none of this would have happened if you had just used hashtag 2000inch and hashtag Gill and Chill on your posts like you are supposed to. Yeah, and this all happened so soon after you sent us that new theme song, Mike. Dave, do you think it was a coincidence? Let me just say that Zuck owed me a favor and leave it at that. Uh, Sure, Dave. It is always our pleasure to have comedy musicians on the podcast, and it is our extra pleasure when those comedy musicians have also worked with Weird Al himself. We're very excited to welcome to the podcast. He's a rapper. He's a comedian. He's the creator of The Crossword Show. You may have seen him all the time on Epic Rap Battles of History. You've heard his lyrics on Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, and we're so excited to welcome him to the podcast. Please welcome Zach Sherwin. How's it going, Zach? Hi. Hi, Ethan and Dave. It's so nice to be here with you guys. I'm doing great. (laughs) You know. Yeah. With one part of my brain, another part feels a different thing. Of course, we we understand completely. (laughs) So, Zach, you and I, we've known each other for a long time. We, of course, met in July 2009 after you opened for Mike Birbiglia in Rhode Island. And what an amazing show that was. (laughs) Thank you. I have... um... I have really interesting feelings about thinking back on that memory. I was um, pretty green at the time, at least at being a solo performer. And uh, I was excited to get to open for Mike and the crowd of very affluent, I would say, middle to elderly Rhode Islanders that I was performing <laughs> for didn't seem quite as hip to my takeoff on rap. Um <laughs> As, I, as some of the crowds I was used to performing for in those heady early days, people exactly like me in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Right. But uh, so I felt a little, you know, I, I, I knew I had something to offer, but it didn't really seem like it translated. And, you know, of course, 
it was like exciting to get to open for a comedian who I recognized like Mike. And um, so, you know, I had some some mixed feelings about it. But one distinct memory I have afterwards is that like uh, feeling a little out of place and like um, it wasn't a bomb, but, you know. It was I, I was working up there and afterwards you came up and you were so friendly and were like, I mean, I don't know if you said this verbatim, but I just recollect you being like, I get what you're doing and I like it and it's for me. And we've been, I mean, look at us. I know. It's so much, it's so much time later. So thanks for being a kind, a kind presence. It's a testament to your, your great talents. I mean, for anyone who's not familiar with your work, before you even started with Epic Rap Battles, you released albums and all these amazing music videos of your comedy rap songs. And really, anyone who's into comedy music and maybe isn't familiar with rap, I think you are a great gateway in because it's not like hard to follow. It's just super funny. It's super clever. There's a lot of really fun wordplay. And, you know, that obviously has lent itself to you working on epic rap battles of history and, you know, we'll get to it eventually, but working with Weird Al and writing rap lyrics for him to sing. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks for all those compliments, man. That's all really nice. Yeah, I'm curious how you got started with epic rap battles. What was the progression from you doing your own rapping into doing something, you know, as let's say epic as epic rap battles is um yeah well the origin story is like i in college um got involved with a comedy group with some friends of mine um and i went to brandeis university in waltham massachusetts and we would sometimes go up to um the university of massachusetts amherst for a comedy festival that they would have and in what I now know to be a real cliche of what happens at these kinds of things, there would be parties after the show and a bunch of white guys would stand around and freestyle rap with each other. And, um, you know, lots we could say about that. But what I will say about it in the context of the question you asked, Dave, is that um, one of the one of the UMass comedy scenes alumni was a guy was Lloyd Alquist, who would go on to be one of the two principal dudes of Epic Rap Battles of History, Epic Lloyd. Uh, but this was long. I mean, he was lowercase Epic Lloyd uh, at the time, but many years away from being capital E Epic Lloyd. Um, and we were like, you know, there were um, also in those ciphers, by the way, was um, Chris Sullivan, a.k.a. Shockwave, the beatboxer for Freestyle Love Supreme of Broadway and uh, television fame. Wow. Um, so it was like a cool little talent assemblage in that um, UMass basement. But yeah, Lloyd and I uh, really liked rapping with each other and we became friends and we stayed in touch. He was um, improvising with a comedy group called Mission Improbable and they <laughs> were really, really big on the college scene and they hired a lot of improvisers, including Pete Shukoff, who would go on to be Nice Peter. Um, and was mm. at the time lowercase n, nice Peter. Um, <laughs> I, I didn't know him. Maybe he still had some growing up to do. Um, but uh, yeah, so they they met there. Lloyd and I had been friends at UMass. And then when I moved to L.A. at the beginning of 2010, I didn't know anyone in town. And so I reached out to the people I did know, which definitely included Lloyd, who was managing a theater at the time, which he would later buy. Um, but he's always been in a power position there. And we did this show that was like me and him and Pete. And it was like a very primitive early version of Epic Rap Battles of History. It was like the audience would suggest people. I am not a battle rapper. 
Um, but Lloyd and I would like improvise battle raps in historical <laughs> character. And then, yeah, Pete was at one of the shows. He was getting his YouTube channel up and running. They went and took epic rap battles and like turned it into the viral sensation that it is. But um, yeah, I've been around since the first battle I wrote on was, I think, in 2011. And I believe it was Gandalf versus Dumbledore, I think, was the okay. first one that I ever submitted lyrics for. And um, yeah, since then, they've made many, many dozens of them. And um, I've written for a lot of them and acted in, I believe it's 10 at this point. Um, so yeah, it's so funny to look back and just see how that road led to my current position. Yeah. And, um, you just never know what relationships are going to wind up being ones that are like super significant. Life is weird. Yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. I mean, look what brought you to Dave and Ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joe Berbiglia, Mike's older brother who saw me at the comedy studio <laughs> doing better than I would in Rhode Island. <laughs> Uh, so speaking of epic rap battles of history, I, I'm curious how that whole process works. Are you just writing a bunch of lines and then everyone submits them and they pick their favorites or, you know, what exactly is that process? Yeah, thanks. That's a generous question. Um, I guess uh, it's changed. Well, so it changes over the years and it also changes based on my involvement. So when I'm going to play a character like... Um, you know, I have much more – I think they just really, like, want to respect the fact that I'm also a person who makes music and they're good guys and they want it to be good and they don't want to interfere with, you know, like, the most natural lines that I'm actually going to be delivering. So if I'm playing okay. a character, I – you know, it's pretty, like yeah, – they don't hand over the wheel and I might include lines that they really want to get in. But, yeah, more latitude there. If I'm writing for another character – um, you know, sometimes it's been remote, like especially in phases of my career where I'm traveling more. Um, and sometimes, you know, we're literally like meeting up at the um, headquarters in L.A. and, um, you know, sitting around and like hashing out lines syllable by syllable, which is honestly some of the most arduous um, work, like the way that that work goes. But also it's so fun to like have everybody's brain paying attention to like the same word it just is a very special <laughs> alchemy that i think emerges when that's happening wow so yeah there's a, there's a lot of ways it can go now do you know in advance which uh celebrity will be playing the character that you're writing for or are you just writing for the character in general that's a good question i really am just a cog in the wheel of the whole machine and there's a lot of pieces that i don't touch and one of those is like talent booking so sometimes that's part of the conversation but we really are writing to the character and then if casting gets settled like you know that can inform our writing but i would say a really good example of is like uh when they booked snoop dogg to do um I believe he was Moses in Moses versus <laughs> Santa Claus. Um, wow. He, uh, we wrote a line that was like, um, with so much drama in Israel, BC, uh, it was something about Israel, BC, like the LBC 
uh, at the beginning of Gin and Juice. Okay. Um, am I, is that translating okay. in this recreation on the podcast? Uh, his first line in Gin and Juice is, with so much drama in the LBC, and we had Moses say, with so much drama in Israel, BC, um, which we loved. And sure. isn't a joke that you could write for anybody except Snoop Dogg? And right. we actually didn't think he would say it. But um, he's, like, a really good sport and mostly just wants to, like, in my perception, uh, escalate the Snoop Dogg brand. So he was really a good sport about it, and he says it in the video. That's so great. I remember that video. That's a great one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was great. I believe the follow-up line is, (laughs) so the original lyric goes, with so much drama in the LBC, it's kind of... Hard being Snoop D O double G, and in ours, uh, shouts to hat tip to Dante, one of the other writers who finished it out. But it was like with so much drama in Israel BC, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard talking directly to the G O single D, <laughs> which I just think is brilliant. <laughs> oh man, being hired and getting to write comedy rap for pay it must be like a a dream come true for you when you first got that job yeah i mean it's really wonderful um and it's really it's just been so helpful um like it's opened a lot of doors and like the first time i ever did tv was on um the amazing comedian w kamau bell's show totally biased oh yeah fx yep and Kamau just like that, you know, he's such a friend and a like person that I look up to and he's such a great comedian in so many ways. But he I mean, he invited me to do that show on the strength of being an epic rap battles fan. And, um, you know, just like, yeah, it opened doors. It was really great. And um, yeah, it's super fun. I mean, now that I've created the crossword show, it's like that's all I want to do ever. But um Writing on epic rap battles, like during the pandemic, I would be working really hard. So, Ethan, you've been to Crossword Shows before. I wrote a a whole new one during the pandemic. And um, now I'm moving on to like the second one that I'll be writing during all of this. Oh, cool. And it's really demanding and like all consuming to be working on those shows. I feel like I go inside myself and like scoop out the raw material. Um, And so... I was also writing, like, uh, epic rap battles during that, and it was really cool to, like, use a different part of uh, my energy and, like, kind of take a break while still being creative. So, right. yeah, I really get a lot out of it, and it's just a cool it, – it is really cool and special to, um, like, have an outlet to put this, like, pretty specific um, set of things that Pete and Lloyd and I and the other people who work on the series are into. I want to go back to another question you answered where when you are portraying a character, you get a little bit more say on the lines when you are portraying someone like, you know, Albert Einstein or uh, Wayne Gretzky or, you know, one of those other ones. Do you also (laughs) still contribute lines to the other person or are you kind of sectioned off like I'm just working on my own stuff? I would say in general, um, everyone contributes lines to every part, but uh, I think I get more say when I'm playing a character and definitely more veto power. Like, yeah, I'm not going to say that. Mm -hmm. Not that that happens Mm -hmm. too often, but, um, you know, it's happened. 
Um, and so, yeah, that's good. And I would say, yeah, I mean, mostly it's like all hands on deck. You know, it's like you just want it to be. Right, right. Those guys really taught me good stuff early on where I would like submit lines that would be the entire, like three quarters of it would be set up for the punchline that happened at the end of the couplet. And, you know, just the beginning would be basic rap boasting and posturing. And uh, I remember them being like, no, the first half has to have like at least a joke and it has to second set up the second half. So, um, you know, you're trying to get a lot done in a limited amount of time. So you right. do need everybody's brain making every line as tight as possible. Yeah, that makes mm. sense. Do you ever, though, like, you know, afterwards in the comments where people, you know, vote on who their favorite is, do, do you does it hurt your feelings? Like if people say Edgar Allan Poe won <laughs> or Batman won? I literally never read Epic Rap Battles comments. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> it's not like I want to and have taken a stance against it. It's just not something I do. I looked at... um. I really, really thought they did a tremendous job with the one that just came out, the Lego one with um, Harry Potter yeah. and Skywalker. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they really, really brought it on that one. And so I was looking through the comments on that, um, and that was really fun. But no, I, I mean, like, uh, there's a nice distance for me from those, you know? Like, it's it's harder to do to make final decisions on crossword show things, for instance, because it's so personal and it feels like me and like my thing. And with ERB and also some of the other stuff I've done, like, um, you know, it's like nice to have a little distance from it because then you can treat it like a task that needs to get done, which it ultimately is as opposed to being like, this is art (laughs) that I'm a huge fan of and have a lot of skin in the game. I think that can distort your ability to just like see what needs to be done to get Mm. the point across as best as you can. Well, we'll get back to epic rap battles, but since you brought it up, what can you tell us about the crossword show? Maybe somebody who hasn't seen it yet. How would you describe what the crossword show is? Thank you, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, the crossword show is like my I feel like it's the culmination of all the things that I've been trying to figure out what the hell to do with all these years. Um, You know, the the like short elevator pitch version is that. It's um, I'm hosting a panel of guest comedians, sort of like wait, 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 don't tell me um, if you've ever heard that show on NPR. But there's like a panel of funny people on stage and I take them through the solving of an actual crossword puzzle that I co-create with someone who publishes puzzles in The New York Times. We use a different crossword constructor every time it's displayed up on a big screen um, so the crowd can follow along with all the solving action. And I walk the guest solvers through. And every time they, like, decipher a clue, I take the show down, like, a wordplay or trivia or a comedy rabbit hole that's somehow connected <laughs> to the answer word. And then we come back and keep on solving the puzzle. And by the end of it, all the answer words start tying together in these unbelievable mystic coincidences that kind of dazzle <laughs> me. Um, and the grand finale is like a, um, an answer words rap where I use all of the words that the comedian solved into the grid to like tie together all the big themes of the show in like um, an epic grand finale to use a word we've trotted out during this podcast. It's like my favorite thing, man. It has comedy and rap and wordplay and being a host and trivia quizzes. It's like all the stuff that I think is really fun to consume and to perform. And, um, I just love it. I mean, like I'm ho- I'm holding myself back as hard as I can to not gush even more than I am right now. But I really I, I'm very geeked <laughs> about my own project and I feel very lucky to have figured it out. 
Well, Zach, I'm happy to gush on your behalf because I've been to two of the shows and they're just absolutely amazing. Actually, I don't know if you know this, it was the last show I went to before the pandemic hit and <laughs> wasn't able to go to any more shows. So I, at least I ended on a really high note, but they are, words don't do it justice. It's one of those shows where um, I brought my girlfriend to that second one and I, I tried to explain it to her beforehand and I just kind of gave up. I'm like, you just have to go. And, you know, as soon as she saw it, she just, she understood and she became obsessed with it as I am. But it's just, you know, the show, like you said, it's like a journey. And by the end of it, your mind just keeps blowing like over and over and over. It's like, oh, my God, my mind has been blown. Nothing can blow my mind again. And then like five seconds later, that happens again. And it just keeps repeating. And it's so hard to describe how awesome and fantastic and funny, but also rewarding the show is uh, as an audience member. So I really can't wait for live shows to be happening again so people can see them but one really cool thing that you've started doing this year is you have a youtube series with kind of like little tidbits and easter eggs from the crossword show called crossword show solos ethan ullman making me feel seen since august 2009 thanks for all those things you said about the show and actually i will just say before i answer your question that we did a tour of the crossword of the newest crossword show number four, um, in that ended March sixth, twenty twenty, and Tom <laughs> Hanks Wednesday was the eleventh. So we were really hitting up against the end of it. And, wow. <laughs> um, yeah. So we, yeah, man, like we saw each other right at the tail end of that. So we feel extremely fortunate that we got to do such a electric like, you know, sold out, packed house feeling kind of tour um, so close to like the time that everything shut down. And it really it really does um, mean a lot to me that that's like a through line that we've been friends for so long and that, you you know, you've been so supportive. And to see you at that show was really awesome. So thank you for what you said and thank you for coming. And I'm glad you were there, too. And then, yeah, when the pandemic hit, I was like. I had started writing show five and I, you know, it's always terrifying to begin a new show because there's so much that goes into them and you at the beginning really don't know how it's going to work. So far it has. Um, But I started writing show five and I just thought, what is this going to be? And I wrote it for the first months of the pandemic. That was like all I did was work on that show and it has turned out to be a show about creating art during the experience of a global pandemic. And it's like a time capsule that like when we perform it, it'll be like, if you're seeing this show, then it means that circumstances have improved enough for live shows to happen again. Um, and it's going to be really cool. I, I'm excited to do that one. It's going to be different than anything else has been. Um But then, yeah, so now I'm going to actually directly answer your question. This has all been lead up. Um, I started thinking like, well, what are we going to do? Like, it's going to take months to create a new virtual show. Maybe the maybe things will be over by then and we'll all be vaccinated or it'll go away or something. And so in the meantime, we started making these videos called solos, which are, as the name implies, like standalone pieces of content kind of split out from the show. A lot of them are part of like more elaborate show architecture uh, in the full thing. But we were like, well, we can kind of cannibalize our own work and it won't like ruin anything for people who come see the full thing. So, yeah, we um, on we will have released 21 videos since August. Um, And I'm really proud that we've managed to put out so much content during such adverse circumstances. And so, yeah, 
sorry to plug so um, heavy-handedly, but it's, it is all on my YouTube channel, which is Zach Sherwin. So, yeah, I encourage binging. I think it lends itself to binging. <laughs> it's like, I don't I don't know if, if you guys are familiar, like if you have a, a show you watch with your, your spouse where it's like, oh, don't watch, you know, the new Breaking Bad episode without me. That's how the crossword show solos have been in my house. We have to watch them together. Get out of here. <laughs> I'm not well enough hydrated to start weeping because of how touched I am. Thank you, Ethan. <laughs> Now, one really exciting part about the the solos is a past guest of ours actually did the theme song. How did that come about? So, okay, here's how it came about. I wrote a song um, called The Letter Song that goes, If you're the kind of nerd who likes letters and words, then a pretty cool word is letter. There's an (laughs) L on the left and an R on the right and a palindrome et in the center. Okay, so that's the letter song. It's very short. <laughs> and uh, I just thought it was, like, really fun and catchy. And um, we wanted a theme song for me to walk out to. There's always an awkward moment at the beginning of the crossword show where whoever's on the mic in the theater goes, please welcome your host, Zach Sherwin. And then I walk out and the crowd claps. And then I, like, need a minute to, like, set down my stuff at the little um, music stand or podium where I perform. And it was just, like, quiet. And we were like, we need a rockin' guitar intro to play while I'm coming out. So um, we hit up my good friend Mike Furman, who is just an incredible multi-instrumentalist and producer with such a good sense of humor. And he turned what is kind of like a boop-a-doop-boop-a-dee-bop-a-da-bop-a-doo-doo type of song into like a really amazing like power pop song <laughs> instrumental. And I, that's what I walk out to on stage. And it is also the like theme music in, an, in a truncated form that we use for the solo's intro, like the little um, – yeah what's it called the little stinger at the beginning of each episode and um yeah it's awesome because i love having mike Furman's like amazing work in there but it also sort of reminds me or at least as a nod to what it feels like to walk out on stage and start a show so um yeah it's got some good significance and i love that he was a past guest he's so amazing well another past guest who i believe has some connection to the crossword show is our friend craig Billmeyer, aka hot licks Hulahan. what <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> I didn't know Hotlix is a is an alum. Um, <laughs> Hotlix was a solver. Um, he yeah he was a guest solver for um, L.A. Story, our second puzzle um, in Petaluma, California. He uh, he did a show there. He is old buddies with um, my co-producer Dominic Del Benny, um, the other uh, another part of Team Crossword Show. And, uh, yeah, Dominic was like, Craig will be great. So he was a hilarious guest, and we've remained friends ever since. Um, And we are on a text thread that trades Spoonerisms. Um, You know, you guys know Spoonerisms? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Let me pull up the most recent one in our thread just to um, give you a sense of it. I'm going to do that while we're talking. But, um, yeah, so we've got this Spoonerism thread going. He's a big big Spoonerism fan. And um, also he um, (laughs) – he knows a Japanese punk band called the Garlic Boys, who we had occasion to need a cameo from in one of the shows. And Craig managed to get Larry from the Garlic Boys, their lead guitarist, to send us a picture of himself holding a sign that said something that sets up a joke in the show. So, um, cool. Yeah, he's awesome. That's so great. I love Craig. Us too. I'm looking for 
good Craig Spoonerisms to share. Okay, here he goes. So apparently, he says in our text thread with a couple other friends, so apparently Pizza Hut offers pizza bowls, which is pizza without the crust. I would not order a hut bowl, which if you switch the initial sounds, a.k.a. spoonerize it, hut bowl gives you butthole. <laughs> Craig Gilmeyer, everybody. Hot like to <laughs> Maybe didn't know that was going to be said on a podcast. <laughs> well, back to Crossword Show. For people who are interested in checking it out and joining the email list, I know there's new things coming soon. Head over to crosswordshow.com. And, of course, you have a Patreon for it, patreon.com slash crossword show, where there's a lot of extra little goodies and perks for those who want to check it out. Yeah, thanks, man, for plugging it. And we're going to be, by the time this comes out, we will be underway into writing a sixth show, which will be intended to be virtual from square one. That's a crossword puzzle joke. Um, and uh, square one across. <laughs> the website is going to be our email list is where we'll put out like the freshest updates about what's happening with that. And then, yeah, my Patreon, I'm putting out new music every month on it, um, which is exciting and uh, not something I've done in a long time. So, um, yeah, that's been cool to reengage with that. So, yeah, thanks. We can stop plugging. <laughs> Well, I, I think we've we've held the audience long enough. I think it's time we should talk about your work with Weird Al. And the epic rap battle, Sir Isaac Newton versus Bill Nye. So I, I think I first met Al in passing, like backstage in a green room somewhere. And I just, <laughs> I met, you know, I was an enormous fan when I was a kid. And we met at like a uh, comedy bang bang, like Christmas spectacular type party at some theater in Hollywood. And. I th- I, yeah, I, I was with Mike Kaplan, and someone was like, Mike, come backstage. So we went back, and Al was back there. And I remember just being like, oh, my God. <laughs> this is amazing. <laughs> I'm such a fanboy. I didn't even know how much I was. Um, and someone was like, Al, this is Zach. And he was like, oh, hi. And uh, we shook hands. He was super friendly. He had no reason to be as friendly as he was. But, you know, like I'm sure you've heard person after person tell you he's the nicest. <laughs> That was the I, I've met him, I think, like, I don't know, a handful of times, but that was the first time I met him. And then the second time I met him, I remember the Epic Rap Battles guys were starting to get like more famous guests. They were never, to their credit, like geeked about getting they never got celebrities for the sake of getting celebrities. But and they were very emphatic about that. I, I can think of at least one time where they had a pretty big name booked to do something, but they were putting their foot down about what characters they wouldn't, wouldn't would and wouldn't play, and the ERB guys walked away. And I remember thinking that was real cool. Wow. Um, but cool. yeah, so I think they got Snoop. That was like pretty exciting. I could have my dates wrong here, um, but I think Snoop came first. And so I remember just them saying. Um, we have Al on board, and I, I think they ran some characters by him, or maybe he came with the idea. I'm not totally clear on this part. But my involvement for me begins um, when I was booked in a very rare uh, headlining spot at a comedy club. I was in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and the guys were <laughs> like, I had written most of the lyrics or a, a big chunk of the lyrics for Al's verses. They had sort of like let me take point on that. And they were like, you know, 
these seem pretty specific. They're good. But like, instead of us learning how to rap lines that you wrote for Al to like do the demo to, why don't we just eliminate the middleman and like just you track the demo vocals? And maybe they were going to use my demo as like a them demo. Um, and then they would track the vocals and send those to Al. But however it happened, I remember being in like a terrible hotel room um, <laughs> in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and being real tired <laughs> from staying up late to do the shows but be, and super jet lagged. But I woke up and I was like, I have to demo these lyrics so Weird Al can listen to it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> the pressure <laughs> I when I tr- when I, yeah, totally. Um, when I tracked the vocals, I remember I was trying to put like a. amount of um, like Al imitation on my delivery. Like I didn't want him to feel embarrassed or like, you know, insulted or something. But I thought I just want Al to hear how I hear him um, saying these like the slightest subtle little bit. So I tried to Al it up just the right amount and ride the line. And then I sent it off. And then I remembered the guys being like, yeah, we're just we sent that to Al. (laughs) <laughs> and I remember thinking, what? No, it wasn't. I wasn't. Whoa, wait. So self-consciousness is really the enemy. And if you can get out of its way, it can really open things up. But, um, yeah, you know, then, like, I sort of didn't think about it that much. And then they were like, hey, um, Al is coming into the studio today. Do you want to swing through? Like, and maybe not stay the whole time. Um, but... Because, like, we don't want to weird him out with too many people there that he doesn't know. But, you know, it would be cool. And, like, we want to, you know, we know it would be cool for you. And I remember I was busy, but I was, like, I thought about saying no for a second. And then I was, like, what are you doing, you idiot? Say yes to this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And so I drove out um, to the studio. And, uh, yeah, I just he (laughs) – he came in and – I just said, hi, Al, I'm Zach. I'm one of the writer, one of the writers. And he seemed to know who I was from the demo. And um, I, you know, he went in the isolation room and I was over in the control room and he started recording the lyrics and it was instantly obvious what a pro he was. He was there to do a job and he was really, really like, I mean, I'm no expert on studio technique, but his uh, his mastery was apparent of the recording environment. And I remember watching him record and listening to the takes come through. And I thought, Al is imitating me, imitating him on the demo. <laughs> like it was clear he was like, he had made it his own, but it was clear he'd studied the demo. And uh, it was just such a, um, it was really, it really made me feel good. I felt like I had had like a communication with like a, member of another species within the world of showbiz, you know, like Al is such an icon. And so, and I'm just, you know, I mean, it's just different orders of magnitude. Um, And so to have in a way, like had a bit of a conversation with him through these demos and then into the recording booth was um, really, really cool. Uh, And then the next time we met, we were both guests on a, um, on a web show and I was on before him and he was the guest after me. And I said, hey, Al, uh, I'm Zach from Epic Rap Battles. And he was like, hey, Zach, how you doing? It was, I mean, either he really remembered me or he's an incredible actor, but he was super <laughs> friendly and, and nice. And we've met a time or two since. And I always remind him who I am when we cross paths because, you know, you don't want to put anyone in that situation. But 
he is just a really, really, he's a, he's a good dude. Absolutely. How cool. And he wrapped his ass off on that battle. He really brings it. <laughs> he sure did, yeah. <laughs> and he's in character, and he's also being Al, like doing the Al thing. Right. He's really, he's like, <laughs> he knows his instrument himself like 100% of the way through. So I, I was looking at the Epic Rap Battles like fan Wikipedia page, and I don't know if this is true, but it says that the last line in the rap is actually the longest line delivered by someone on Epic Rap Battles. So you wrote <laughs> and made Al do like the hardest thing possible, and he nails it. <laughs> he does, yeah. Um, and we gave him a different delivery of it with the like emphasis it, at different points in that long equation. And by the way, I don't know, <laughs> I don't really know if I can take credit for writing that lyric, which is entirely a uh, said out loud mathematical equation. So um, <laughs> okay. can't take more credit than is due. <laughs> but we did paste those words into a word doc. <laughs> um, and, uh, yeah, he, he, re- he took that in a different direction. I remember thinking like, oh no, it's different. It's wrong. But, um, his way totally worked and wound up being the way and, um, definitely isn't wrong, but it was different than mine. Oh, interesting. Oh yeah. And I'm really angry about it. No, just kidding. It's <laughs> totally great. Like, uh, it's cool. It's cool to see how most of it worked and then there was a thing that he wanted to change because he saw a way to improve it it's like a like i said it's just cool communication and it's cool that i got to have it with l yeah a childhood hero was there any lyric changes or was it just kind of inflection stuff no i think he really just did it i think that like yeah those guys do they're good hosts the epic rap battles guys they send the lyrics but most of the time i don't think people want to make major changes because you know we put a lot of time into the lyrics and um you know, also they're busy celebrities who are doing like a guest spot. So they're not going to spend the hours that we do like t- tinkering and toiling. So, yeah, no, I think Al pretty much just came in and did it. And, you know, like you don't give Al like super like he's not, you know, like referring to other characters by like misogynist gendered language. or something. Like that. <laughs> you know, like you kind of write it right. stuff that you know they're going to be comfortable <laughs> delivering. Right. <laughs> Now, for collectors out there, like Dave and I, who we love to have any kind of physical thing with, you know, Weird Al on it, there are only two opportunities to get this song actually on a physical disc. Hmm. And the first one was Epic Rap Battles. They put out a very limited edition season three CD that included both that track and it also had the track that you recorded in your hotel room. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> as like a bonus track, which is really cool. Um, and Zach, I don't know if you're aware of this, but Al put out this really amazing set spanning his entire career, all 14 albums, plus a 15th album of rarities. And this is included on that. So that song that you had a, a hand in writing is now in an official Weird Al release. I don't know this. The um, the one with Al's vocals? Surely you don't mean the demo we sent. No, no, not the demo. Yeah, the one with Al's vocals. Right. <laughs> I can imagine yeah. the irate Al super fans being like, who the hell is this? Um, uh, I have a really... I'm so glad I'm remembering this, actually. I kept... I like remembered it and forgot it like four times, including once already during this podcast. But I... Went to go see Al at the Hollywood Bowl, maybe in like 2015, oh. 2016, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And 
as I probably don't need to say to you guys or anyone listening to this podcast, but just in case, um, <laughs> Al like performs a song and then goes backstage for a costume change and like one of the billions of videos he's been in over the years plays. And I was way up in the nosebleed seats at the Hollywood Bowl. Um, and uh, the place was packed and Al was um, having a great show. And he went backstage and that battle started playing. <laughs> and I was just sitting way, way up in these terrible seats at the Hollywood Bowl <laughs> and just listening to words that I wrote uh, reverberate through. And I just thought, this is surreal. And I imagined myself turning to my neighbor and being like, I wrote this. I wrote this. Don't you understand? This is my work. Um and it was just a very cool moment. And then wow. I texted Lloyd, Epic Lloyd, and I was like, dude, I went to the bowl and they, Al. And he wrote back and was like, oh, yeah, dude, we were down in the VIP box seats. We should have told you about it. And I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I should have quit while I was ahead. <laughs> Dave, weren't you at that show, too? I was at, I was at the, the Hollywood Bowl shows. I was at both of them. I think he did two shows wow. uh, back to back there. I, was, I don't know which one you were at. But, yeah, I was at both of those as well. That was definitely a lot of fun with the full orchestra and everything. Yeah, that was great. Oh, right. I forgot about that. Yeah, that was incredible. Yeah. Those two Hollywood Bowl shows that he did with the orchestra was what set up him eventually to do the Strings Attached Tour, which was an entire tour full of orchestra, which also the epic rap battles of history clip was included on that tour as well. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and all because Lloyd and I drunkenly ciphered in a college basement. Uh, <laughs> That's right. Or something. <laughs> So, Zach, have you seen Al any other time or just at the bowl? I saw him at the bowl, and then the first time I saw him was at the um, Costa Mesa Fairgrounds, uh, maybe in, like, 2012 or something like that. Um, he just did, mm. like, a fairgrounds show. Mm. Uh, and I didn't know what it was going to be, both in, like, I had no idea how a Weird Al concert worked, and also right. I had never thought about it. And so I was utterly unprepared for what a masterful – experience that is you know i i have to say i really try to have you can't always do it and you know al is so i mean he's just so um he really he's like real deal and true blue i think he's very much like you know he he attempts to do the best possible job with every aspect of what he does and i've I, you know i'm very far from achieving it but like I, I want to be the kind of performer and experience provider, like entertainment experience provider. Oh, entertainer is the word we have in English for that. Um, <laughs> who like uh, he, he's clearly thought about every aspect of like what's happening out there. And like, um, you know, even like walking out to my podium at the crossword show, I think I can directly attribute to Al among other influences. But he is certainly among them that like you have to think about every bit of it. Um so right. even when you're backstage for a costume change, even if it's dazzlingly, jaw-droppingly fast and actually part of the entertainment value of the show itself to be like, how did he get out of that and into that and back so soon? Um, nevertheless, you need to keep people entertained with like a video happening while that's going on. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, it's just yeah. a very dense, tightly packed uh, show to go to. And it was 
pretty eye-opening to see how well it's done. Now, did you have any inkling that they would play the epic Rap Battles of History clip at the show, or was that a total surprise for you when you saw it at the Hollywood Bowl? Total surprise, and I wouldn't have it any other way. (laughs) (laughs) It was so perfect. I, I wouldn't have even I wouldn't even trade it again to be in the VIP seats. Like I was just so surprised, and um, yeah, it was just great. It was such a perfect way for it to go. I can't even imagine. Also, Dave, do you remember? I felt like a lot of the crowd like didn't exactly know what they were seeing, so I remember being like, "Huh, this could be going over a little better in the in the bowl," because um, I just think. If you knew what Rap Battles was, great. But for people who'd never heard of it, it was like, what? what's he wearing? Who is he? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> so that was funny, too. I like when it doesn't get yeah. exactly right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of the things we do on the podcast is uh, we have these bonus episodes where Ethan and I, when we go to a concert, we review the entire concert. And we did that for the Strings Attached tour, which also had the uh, epic rap battles of history clip in it. And it it was one of the moments in the review that we always looked forward to because we had a little running joke going on in our reviews about this clip. And there's a little (laughs) bit of controversy, so I'm hoping you can clear this up for us. So in the lyrics where uh, Sir Isaac Newton says, first law, I'm not going to rap this because I'm definitely not a rapper. I'm just going to read it. <laughs> so, first law, did you catch that or did it go too fast to detect? Perhaps it would be better if I added in a bleep or a bloop or another wacky sound effect. Right, those are the lyrics you know, that, that Sir Isaac Newton raps. Well delivered. Yep. So at, at the end of the, 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 that set of lyrics is the word effect, E-F-F-E-C-T. Okay. Well, on the video clip that was playing at the concert, uh, it says another wacky sound effect, A-F-F-E-C-T. Okay. So I noticed that it, you know, said something's not right there. You know, it's obviously not correct English, you know, to say <laughs> right. effect. You know, and you would know, you know, you, you definitely go through all the, you know, the, you know, defining all the words in your, you know, crossword solos and things like that. So, I mean, I don't need to think I need to go through the definition of effect and affect, but you definitely know <laughs> I'm, the difference I'm on your side, them. Dave. So, <laughs> so, right, so, so nothing I disagree with. <laughs> Good. So one day I was doing some just kind of surfing through YouTube and I sur- came across the Sir Isaac Newton versus Bill Nye, you know, epic rap battles of history. I said, I've got to watch this. It's such a great clip. I watched it and I noticed that it said another wacky sound effect and it was spelled E-F-F-E-C-T in the official video on the YouTube page. Oh my so God. I'm kind of wondering, where did this alternative version that Al got that says <laughs> A-F-F-E-C-T, incorrect, of course, where did that come from? Do you have any insight on this? And how can we get Al a copy of the correct spelling video so when he does play this clip in the future, he can put up the correct spelling of effect? Totally. He's an unknowing word crime perpetrator. <laughs> you would think so, right? With word crimes, he would that would be the first thing he would notice. And you say, oh, something's wrong with this clip. That's really interesting. I am not going to hold out on you. I have no insight into this. I will say that I am like a serious, serious like spelling and grammar fuss budget. 
Um, and sure. yeah. I often, I've stopped, let me put it this way, I've stopped offering to the ERB guys to let me do a quick last proofread pass before something goes out on the titles. Um, because they, despite the many times I've offered, they don't seem that interested in taking me up on it. So <laughs> I often notice typos in their lyrics and wince. Okay. And then I look at how many views the videos get and I think maybe my priorities are misplaced. Maybe this is less important than I think it is. But um, it's for moments just like this where it makes me want to – I feel um, protective of Al that he's going out there with a misspelled – caption in his right. um, a title in his <laughs> I want to like fix that I mean I just spent like 10 minutes talking about how amazingly attended to every detail of his performances but you're right um, <laughs> my only guess is that they sent him an early version of it um, and then there were like some you know they sent him version like 10.1 and then they made a couple more tweaks and what they wound up publishing at the last minute was 10.3 you know it's right. like you right. can make revisions up until you hit publish, and they're apt to. So that would be my guess as to how Al did that. I can't imagine they gave him untitled footage, and then he, like, retitled it. Uh, I guess that's my <laughs> second possibility. It seems not likely to be what happened. So no insight there, but um, it is not the case that the ERB guards are trying to send a secret message to super attentive, super attentive fans <laughs> like yourself by writing affect instead of effect or effect. So, um, yeah, I, th- I think you can trust your your instincts here. That is an error. And uh, how to get out, man? I, that's a tough one. That is a really tough one. <laughs> I, and I don't think I have the answer to it. There's another thing in that video that in these bonus episodes where Dave and I would report on it each week, I also decided that I had an issue with in the line. It says, you want a battle guy? That's a crazy notion. Guy was capitalized. And I had an issue with that. But later on in the bonus episodes, as we went to more shows on the tour, I decided that guy was actually a reference to Bill Nye, the science guy. And then I was okay with it being capitalized. Do you agree with that? It's 100%. uh, I can, this one I can speak to absolutely with clarity. It is what you eventually came to is where we wanted you to get to. (laughs) Excellent. (laughs) Excellent. But that is why it would be good to put, to make sure that those captions are like really, really careful because there are bonus jokes that come through in those words with the captions. And you want to make sure that people aren't like, well, wait, maybe that's a fun bonus joke or maybe they just screwed up. So, yeah. Right. But no, I confirm your instincts there. It's a Bill Nye the Science Guy thing. Excellent. Okay. Yep. That's fun. I'm glad that you were able to confirm that it is indeed effect, E-F-F-E-C-T. And the good news is that the version on the YouTube page with the 70 million views, it is spelled correctly, (laughs) E-F-F-E-C-T. So it's only the... Um, thousands of fans that go see Weird Al Yankovic at, in concert <laughs> who get to see the misspelled effect. <laughs> the secret version. <laughs> and a subset of those who would ever notice it. But I am among that subset, so I understand. Yes. <laughs> I can understand the concern and anxiety seeing that would cause. All right, I wanted to mention on a few more um, potential crossover with Weird Al that you've had. Now, last year we actually spoke to the director of the Palindromists, Vince Clementi, 
And we talked to him about how um, both your name and Mike Kaplan, another former guest of ours name, showed up in the special thanks credit. So you actually were intended to be in that documentary that Al was also in? Yeah, we um, we which I hope you appreciated the bonus palindrome content earlier with the palindrome in the center of the word letter. Oh, I did. Um, we uh, <laughs> I know you did. I don't feel betrayed. I feel safe. Um, <laughs> I and Mike and others, Dax Jordan and, of course, Mark Saltavite, um, participated in a competition Mark set up at the Bridgetown Comedy Festival in Portland, Oregon in, like, 2016. Is that what it was? Um, and we um, – 17, I think. We – there it was called Palindrome Fight, and it was, like, competitive palindrome creation. And um, – so, yes, I think they filmed that for possible inclusion in the documentary, and we didn't make the cut, but we are in the bonus features or something. And um, I can't remember who won. Oh, no, it was me. I won. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember any of your palindromes? <laughs> oh, man, there's such a good one about Back to the Future, which was um, one of the audience suggestions. It was like it was something about it involved like, Mom, no. No snog. Snog on mom. Something like that. It was about the scene where he makes out with his mom in the, uh, in the car at the dance. Um, see, I don't remember it exactly, but it involved saying no to your mom about snogging. And I think the G the letter in the middle that made it a palindrome. That's amazing. Mom, wow. no, snog. I, I, I really am going to fight the impulse to work it out live on mic here. I'll, I'll follow up with you after we're okay. email. Okay. Okay. Snog on mom. No, just kidding. I'm done. Okay. So another potential connection I wanted to talk about is you actually wrote a few songs for the show Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, which Al shows up and has a cameo in. Oh, I didn't realize Al was a member of the Crazy Ex-Girlfriend canon. Cool. Yeah. Not yeah. surprised. Rachel's an <laughs> incandescently talented musical comedian, so that makes sense. Yeah. How did you get involved with Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? I know... Once you did, I you told me that you wrote something for it, and then I was like, all right, I guess I'll watch the show to see Zach's song, and then I got obsessed with the show. Uh, oh, so, well, it's such a good, worthy show. It is. So how did you get involved with that? Man, Rachel Bloom, the um, co-creator of that show, um, and its star, uh, and I knew each other from like the musical comedy trenches, just like doing live spots around L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, in the early 2010s. And I remember she I remember seeing her at spots and stuff. We were both out a lot at the time doing like crappy live shows um, (laughs) and we'd be on the same ones as musical comics. We kind of would often see each other. Yeah. And um, we liked each other. We were friends and um, not close friends, but hey, buddy. And I remember (laughs) she got the show and I saw her shortly afterwards. I knew that it had like sort of gone to like it was at showtime first and then they wound up passing or something. And I remember being slightly tuned in because it was like the most a person that I knew was getting a TV show at the time. And um, (laughs) then she got it and I like saw the news that it was going to be a series and we saw each other. And I very specifically remember that she was like, you're going to do work on that show. And, you know, talk is cheap and a lot of people say stuff that doesn't wind up materializing, not because they're bad people, but because you want to offer, you know, give ends to the friends and it feels stupendous. But Rachel, uh, like, really came through, and uh, the first time, or 
that I was aware of that they needed a rap for the show. She was like, hey, we need kind of like a Nicki Minaj parody thing. You think you can do a style parody? Um, now, guys, a style parody is the name in musical con- No, just kidding. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I wrote – I wrote uh, the first song I wrote for them was called I Give Good Parent. And um, I remember – here's a quick anecdote about it. I was used to – when I submit lyrics remotely for epic rap battles, what I was used to doing is that I would just – write a stack of couplets and just like send it in and let them pick through and take what they wanted. And so I wrote a stack of couplets for crazy X and sent it in and they were like, great. And then that was what they used. And I was like, Oh my God, I'm so, I'm glad it worked out and made sense, but I didn't really design it like that, but they know what they're doing and they still made it their own, but I I would have submitted it differently if I'd known it was going to, you know, but, um, yeah. So then I wrote, uh, I wound up writing three more songs for them or writing or co-writing. I mean, I didn't write any of them all by myself, but I wrote right. on three more songs for the show. Um, Jap Battle and a song called So Maternal and then the Jap Battle reprise in the last episode. Yes. <laughs> and Jap, of course, <laughs> is not a, like an Asian slur. That is Jewish American no, princess. No, it's an anti-Semitic <laughs> slur. <laughs> I'm Jewish, I should say, just in case anybody's <laughs> As is Rachel. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, those songs are definitely some of the best ones in the entire series. So, oh, thank you, Ethan. Uh, it was really great to to get to hear those. Um, Zach, this has been so much fun having you on the show. It's been a long time coming, and, and we're really glad that you're able to come see us. I know you're so busy with the Crossword Show, which we can check out by heading over to crosswordshow.com and signing up for the email list and getting some bonus content by heading over to patreon.com slash crossword show. And of course, people can check out all of the crossword show solos, as well as your music videos and links to some of your epic rap battles appearances by heading over to Zach Sherwin on YouTube. Zach, thank you so much for joining us. Ethan and Dave, this has truly been a pleasure. I really enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for all your generous questions. And um, I'm so glad you guys do this podcast. Thank you so much, Zach. That was so much fun talking to you. Now, after the interview, Zach not only sent us his palindrome, but he also sent us a link to the deleted scene from The Palindromist featuring both Zach and our former guest, Mike Kaplan. So we're going to post that link over in our Facebook group, along with The Palindrome. If you want to hear that palindrome right now, it's no snog on sun, mom. No Snog on son. <laughs> uh, Dave, you know, Zach is actually a vegan. I didn't realize that. Yeah. Last time he's in town, I took him to my then favorite vegan restaurant. Wow. You took Zach to Burrito Burrito? No. No? Well, why not? Well, Burrito Burrito wasn't in existence yet. It's been a few years since Zach was in town. Oh, okay. That makes sense. And notice how I said my then favorite? So then what is your current favorite vegan restaurant? My current favorite vegan restaurant is vegan Mexican restaurant Burrito Burrito in Shore, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped in quesadilla burrito burrito. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito, your Burrito Burrito. Find them at burritosquared.com and at burritosquared on Instagram. And remember, not every burrito is a Burrito Burrito Burrito, but every Burrito 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 can be Burrito Burritoed. Each week, we are able to bring you this podcast absolutely free thanks to sponsors like Brito Brito, Angel Valenzuela, and his son David Cash, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, and all of our amazing close personal friend Patreon supporters, Kenneth, Jared, Zeb, 
Blair, Allison, and Javier, as well as Stan, Spencer, and so many more. Revenue from our incredible supporters on Patreon.com slash 2000inch allows us to continue doing what we love, which is making fantastically fun, funny, and family-friendly Weird Al podcasts for you each and every week. We'd absolutely appreciate your consideration in joining our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family for as little as $1 per month. Looking for another way to support the podcast? Head on over to shop.2000inch.com for official Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast t-shirts, tote bags, mugs, tank tops, face coverings, pillows, and so much more. Find us online at weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com where you can find information about our guests and listen to past episodes, like episode 3inch, where we first were joined by UH Jeff. You can learn about the birthday boy himself and his unique role working with Weird Al. Please join our Facebook group by heading to group.2000inch.com for episode discussions and other exclusive content. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram via at 2000inch and at youtube.2000inch.com. Be sure to share our posts and tell your friends to gill and chill. We love it when you leave us voicemail via our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. You might even hear your message on the air. You can catch our show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice. Whichever you choose, be sure to hit the subscribe button so that you do not miss any episodes. New episodes drop every Wednesday. It continues to be the new year! You know what that means. At some point, we'll begin airing our series of bonus episodes where we sit down with John Bermuda Schwartz and go page by page, picture by picture through his brand new book, Black and White and Weird All Over. Time is running out for you to grab the book if you want to be able to follow along with those episodes. Plus, it's a great gift to give someone for Steve J's birthday. Thank you once again to Zach Sherwin, Adriana Yukovich, Mike Minnick, and all of our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters and sponsors, and everyone who makes this episode and podcast possible. Zach mentioned Spoonerisms in his interview. I'm a huge fan of Spoonerisms. Do you think there's any Weird Al-related Spoonerisms? Funny that you should ask. On amiright.com, Carmen Nunke posted that you can make a Spoonerism from a lyric in Weird Al's truck driving song. Instead of the line, got a load to carry and some eyebrows left to pluck, you could say, got a code to Larry and some eyebrows left to buck. Oh, and for our podcast, Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast becomes even Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast. That was Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 90-inch, voted most likely to co-host a Weird Al podcast in high school. So apparently Pizza Hut offers pizza bowls, which is pizza without the crust. I would not order a hut bowl, which if you switch the initial sounds, aka spoonerize it, hut bowl gives you butthole.